everyone. This is Amanda Borchel Dan. And I'm Jessica Steinberg, your host for Times Will Tell, a weekly podcast from the Times of Israel. Hello, Times Will Tell listeners. It's Jessica Steinberg, and I'm very pleased this week to bring you documentary filmmaker Tal Inbar and producer Nancy Spielberg, who premiered their new film, Closed Circuit, at Dakaviv, Tel Aviv's annual documentary film festival that took place this week. Nancy Spielberg is that Spielberg. She heads Playmount Productions, the Spielberg family production company established by her father, Arnold, in 1962 for her brother, Stephen. And she has since shifted the company's focus to create, support, and produce independent documentaries and feature films. She's been involved in filmmaking for most of her life, working on her brother Stephen's early films as cast and crew, and now aims to help preserve stories and turn them into educational tools. Her partner in this film was Tal Inbar, a graduate of Jerusalem's Sam Spiegel School of Film and Television. Tal is an independent filmmaker who directed two short films as a student, including The Home Front, her short film about the 2016 Sarona terror attack in Tel Aviv. She shifted The Home Front into Closed Circuits, a full-length feature documentary, which uses security camera footage. Really, about 95% of the film is uses footage, and most of it was taken on that fateful night of the terror attack that took place in Tel Aviv's Sorona market when two men in suits shot at a crowd eating out. The use of the footage deconstructs the event and it's augmented by interviews with some of those who survived the attack. They speak about their insights into that night and that event. Tal and Nancy, we're so pleased to have you with us for this episode of Times Will Tell. Where did this idea come from? I mean, what I kept on thinking is, why this particular terrorist attack? Was it something that was related to you, or that it affected you somehow? Or was it just something that came to you in some other way? It all started very randomly. I I was living in Tel Aviv a few hundred meters away from where it happened in 2016, but I wasn't really interested in this attack before. And one year later, uh, I had to write um, a script for my final film project in Sam Spiegel, which is a school in Jerusalem. And I looked for a book of an author that usually gives the rights to students to make the films. And they sent me to this location. There was another store somewhere and they uh, they were missing with this book and they sent me this one. And then I entered this uh, area and I had this deja vu feeling that was really weird because I've never been there before. I mean, it was really close to my house, but I've never had the chance to go there. And then I remember that I saw some bits and pieces from the um, uh, security camera footage uh, via WhatsApp and um, in the social media. And then I realized that I re- it really felt real, that I felt like I was there. And then I raised my, my gaze and I saw a lot of security cameras. And I thought, okay, there is a story here. There is way more uh, angles to this story. And uh, I went the next day to the lawyer of the terrorists because of advice of a friend that that works in the in the news in one of the news channels, and he gave me all the materials, and I just couldn't ignore it. You know, I had like I tried to write some fiction uh, film, but then I had all this treasure that I felt like it needs to be exposed to the public, and I couldn't write it better. <laughs> so he gave you all this closed circuit footage. That, that's essentially what you got? 
so at the beginning he gave me uh, the police file, uh, which was, uh, I don't know uh, how professional it was uh, from his side, but it was really, really interesting. And I dove into those stories uh, of the people that later would be my interviewees. And I found some leads and then I needed to do a little hunt for the security uh, camera footage because it was in one TV channel and then uh, someone lost it and then, but finally I got it and it was uh, like just uh, incredible, incredible footage, like really harsh, but really interesting. So Nancy, now tell us how you entered this film. I got an email, a cold call from this young woman, Talin Bar. And I do get some of those that say, I have this project, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's either like for you or for your brother, give it to, you know, somebody. And um, she had attached to this long email saying, I I know this is like out of the blue, uh, the short film that she had made for school and a nine minute and a seven minute. And I watched it. And sometimes I have to admit that I don't watch those things that I sort of just Say, you know, because if I get flooded and sometimes I get films about aliens that turn religious, I don't know, you know, there's always something. <laughs> and when I watched it, I was I was immediately consumed with it. I was blown away and I said, let's talk. So we had a great call. I loved her. I loved the project. I sort of saw it from a different perspective. I'm not an Israeli. I'm an, I'm an American. I'm an American Jew. I'm an American Jew that has a home in Israel and I visit and I love my time here, but I don't live the reality all the time. And I think that people in America do not understand what it is. It's like a dissection of a terror attack. It really gives you the personal piece of it instead of a number or, you know, and we're becoming desensitized. So she and I started to talk about it and she asked if I would um, come on board as an executive producer or producer or whatever and I was like yes so that was it that was it for me I, I just fell in love with this project was the idea what we're seeing now which is this nearly hour-long film that is mostly made up of the closed circuit footage at Serona at this 2016 attack was that always the idea to essentially build it from the footage and the interviews with people who were at the attack? Um, so at the beginning, I remember I was pitching in uh, Doc Aviv uh, as a student. And here you are coming to Doc Aviv now. <laughs> yes, it's amazing. <laughs> it's my favorite festival. I'm so, so thrilled. So uh, I was pitching in front of uh, the fans to get some funding. And in, and one of them, one of the lectors was Guy Lavie from Yes Doco. And he asked me while I was in the stage and really, really scared. He asked me, why don't you do a longer version? Like, why would you do a 10 minute? Because I, I, I'm always doing really short. Uh, maybe, you know, because he was, he, it felt like he was interested. But I was so scared and I told him, no, I feel like this story needs to be told at the same time that it took, like 10 minutes, more or less, uh, this whole occasion. And that's what I felt like I could handle at this point when I was a student. And then later on, because his question was still in my head and I um, was left with tons of materials and interviews and things that I had to leave, let, you know, I have to let go because sometimes in editing, it's um, you need to kill your darlings. So to choose the things that you love. But then I, I was left with so many things on the floor of the editing room so uh, I came back to him and I asked him and he said, okay, I'm really, 
he really enjoyed like enjoyed you know if he was really impressed with the short and he said uh yeah why don't we do it and then this was the beginning like i was later on after doing the first the short i realized that he was right that there was much more here that you could tell much more of a story yeah. now nancy you've got obviously a lot of production and film chops from your end of the story where did you like as you saw this nine minute short what did you think needed to be done with it well, I, when, when Tal started to share some of the longer pieces, because she had already started to film additional interviews, I, I was on the same page with her 100%. I think that, the, of course, like we said, what you just said, you have to, you know, you give birth to this baby, and then you chop off its fingers and toes. So every once in a while, I was like, no, 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 we need that. We need that part in. Because I was also those American eyes. I was a different perspective. I think how Israelis will see this film and how people outside of Israel will be completely different responses um, from those that lived it and those that are the voy- you know, the, the ones watching from the outside. So I, I really felt that she was managing it properly. And I, my biggest concern in the beginning was that there was enough money to do it the way she needed to do it and wanted to do it so that she wouldn't feel that she had to compromise anything that she was doing. And and we talked about a lot of things. So, and I ended up going from executive producer to producer because I got more involved with the other producers. And um, I think that every time that I would even ask a question, it created a dialogue and we all just sort of understood where we wanted to go with with the film. So, uh, you know, I think that was... Probably my and and I'm hoping that some of my biggest contribution will still come in the distribution outside of Israel. Sure, sure. Tal, talk to me a little bit about the interviewees, the the people who were there at the time, and some of them who obviously suffered tremendous losses. When did that come into play as part of the film? When did you decide to bring them in? Uh, pretty early. Most of them were uh, interviews from the short film. But some of them, especially uh, Lihi, uh, the young girl, she was 14 back then. So I couldn't, like, I didn't want to reach her because I didn't feel like I was uh, capable enough of protecting her and bringing those things up. But uh, most of them I know for five years now, almost four and a half. Wow. That's a while. And uh, yeah, I, to be honest, I was, I felt like who would sit in, because it's a very artificial spot. It was built in Tel Aviv with the, by design, and most Tel Aviv is very organic, you know, place, small places. Are, so I felt like, who's going to sit here? Who, who's, who are the persons? Like, there must be not that interesting. And then I met crazy, incredible people, like very, very deep and thoughtful and creative uh, that gave me a lot of uh, inspiration to for dealing, you know, we all had to and more uh, difficult years and it uh, brought things to surface and they really gave me a lot of inspiration to deal with things that I have and I was uh, stunned by those people Uh, and I have to say that I love each and every one of them I feel really close also I spend a lot of time in the editing room with my editor with them so (laughs) wow no the uh, their their personalities really come through on the screen each and every one of them who they are and not just in terms of what happened, but obviously how they're dealing with it, how it's affected them going forward. And of course, I mean, there aren't really spoilers in a film like this, but there is, if you're not familiar with this particular attack, 
And I was reminded of it. I was thinking, oh, Serona 2016, what happened? And then you're reminded of this crazy event afterwards of the two terrorists and how one ends up unbelievably in the apartment of the detective. Uh, you know, it, it's it's things that you just... You can't make this stuff up, as we as we all say, right? And uh, and I w- I was curious as I was getting to that part of the film, did you think about doing something else with that part of the story? Because in some ways, it's such an unbelievable twist in a real life mm-hmm. story. And I wondered if you were thinking, like, should I turn this film around and I don't know, do something? You're the filmmaker, but I was wondering if that had occurred to you at all because it's it's hard to even believe it when you're watching it, when you're reminded of what happened with the second terrorist. There was some thinking about making it a bigger part and uh, to film it uh, more, um, like more like fiction, more intimate and close. That's up. what I was wondering about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we had those this thinking, but then we uh, came up with this idea of. Uh, uh, doing so in the apartment is a recreation. So uh, we decided to not because it was so powerful uh, to watch all of the footage, which more than ninety percent is real. Uh, we didn't want to uh, take the audience out from the experience. We did it already in the short, but then we tried to do some tests to do if we can do close-ups and more uh, dramatic. And I felt to do this, it's already very dramatic. If it was fiction, then you wouldn't even believe it. It would be like, but because it's real and because your mind is doing the process of adding the details, so doing it from um, security cameras, it brings a lot of uh, involvement of the viewer. So I felt it works very well. Also, I didn't want to add drama. Unnecessarily. Yeah, because it's documentary. So I have a responsibility of, even if it's a reenactment, so I feel I have the responsibility to tell what, at least what I sense is the truth. We're going to take a quick break and then we will come back to Tal Inbar and Nancy Spielberg, the filmmaker and producer of Closed Circuit, which just premiered at Dhaka Aviv, Tel Aviv's annual documentary film festival. We'll be right back. Hi, Times Will Tell listeners. We're glad you're with us for Times Will Tell, our weekly Times Visual podcast. You should also check out our daily briefing, the 15-minute podcast dropped every Sunday through Thursday, in which we speak to our fellow Times of Israel reporters and correspondents covering the very latest news and headlines. You can subscribe to The Daily Briefing wherever you find your podcasts. As you point out, it's a documentary. And of course, there have been many documentaries about many different kinds of attacks, both in Israel, obviously, globally as well. We live in a very difficult world. And I was wondering, in a sense, did you were you concerned at all, either one, both of you, about this, about taking this incident that is, as you say, very dramatic and very real and affected families forever? Were you concerned about taking this and putting into film version and, and making it into a film that people are going to sit and watch? Did you have any concerns about that? Yes, yes, yes. I just uh, called Nancy the other day, uh, Wednesday, I think it was, and I told her that I was so stressed because that we were showing the interviewees the, for the first time. One of them was the girl, the 14-year-old, now she's 18. And it's the first time they actually 
see some of them actually it's the first time they see this footage and they really it's a real experience it's not like watching well also watching the news today is uh, can be a, an experience because all of the documenting is is very different today but to see it with the film and the music and the and the editing it has some dramatic uh, power to it so I was really nervous and I called Nancy and I told her that like now we can just enjoy our premiere because they were they were they were shocked it was a uh, they're reliving it yeah they're reliving it but from my point of view and from what they said because we stayed and we talked about it and each one uh, shared his feelings and I and they are um, posting about the film and they're coming with their families and friends wow. and I felt it somehow which at least I hope it's therapeutic for them because I know when I have traumas then when I re talk it and reprocess it with people that support me and love me. Um, and, and it was about supporting them and understanding. Uh, so I felt it did good to them. I was really, really, really scared. It's the first time I do such thing. Um, but I, I, I tried to be cautious. Nancy, what about you? Well, you know, I, I, I wanted to back up for one second. One of the other reasons when I met Tal and she told me the story that it hit me was on June 8th, 2016, I was in Jerusalem at a very busy restaurant with my best friend celebrating my birthday, which was June 7th, the same as Danielle from the film, The Medic. And a busy restaurant off of Agrippas, you know, my favorite one, and, and clattering dishes and children running around. And when we walked out and we heard there was this terror attack, um, we all went, oh my God, you know, this is terrible. I mean, we're, you know, we're here visiting. And then we, we, we go back to our normal life. But it hit me that that was 45 minute drive away, but it could have been me and it can be anywhere. And it can be the grocery store in Buffalo that just happened, the, the school in Texas, the Pittsburgh synagogue, you know, the, the concert in Paris. Like Israel doesn't necessarily own this corner of the market, but unfortunately they've been there much longer than the rest of us in the world. And they have taught us a lot. I mean, the first time I ever came to Israel in 1975, I'll never forget getting on an El Al plane where we were padded down and the plane never really quite left on time because there was this terror. And Tal, I don't think I told you that my father was on a, an El Al flight that was attacked in Athens by the, the Popular Front for the Liberation of Palestine in the 1960s. And he was shot and there was the man, I think one man was killed. My father helped evacuate everybody in Athens when the plane had landed to refuel on the way back to America. So in some ways, terror has skirted my life. I never wanted to get closer. But again, it's how we empathize and understand what the people that really live it. What I just said to you is nothing compared to the people that live this. And when you look at Ibrahim, Ibrahim was there breaking fast, celebrating his wife's birthday. Ibrahim's life is he works in an institution for violent men. Is he, he's a, is he a social worker at all? A social worker, yes. So here he suddenly was confronted in a situation with violent men, something he lives and works at every single day and how that really impacted his life. So I think these personal stories hit us so hard, they're going to stay with us maybe more than the news flash. Because every time you turn on the news, there is another terrible thing happening. And we are desensitized. So it's time to resensitize to the trauma of individuals. 
Tal, you mentioned that you've really gotten to know the people who survived the attack, and essentially you've been working with them for for several, you know, for a while now. What is their relationship to each other? Can you talk a little bit about that? Because it gets hinted at in the film, but you don't necessarily know as a viewer who they really are to one another, and and for you as well. So um, most of them don't didn't know each other until uh, Wednesday, last Wednesday, which was very exciting also. Wow. Because they met each other. It's the first time they saw. Yes, it was incredible. Not everyone was there. Uh, there is one girl, uh, Haleli, that she doesn't want to confront it yet. It's still too much for her. And now there is another wave. So she's uh, she said that she won't come. But uh, most of them met for the first time. It was incredible. Uh, it was very powerful to share a moment with the people who shared this extreme experience with you. And two of the interviews know each other. I don't want to do spoilers. Two of them have known each other for a while, right? Yeah, this is why I got to the paramedic because of... Uh, so he's a new interview. It doesn't exist in the in my first film. But I reached him because of Hagai. Yeah, well, I just spoiled it. <laughs> but it's... Uh, anyway, it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing moment. And uh, really excited. What were some of the reactions between... Did they Did they speak to one another when they met? Did they share stories? Did they share experiences? Yes, they were. At the beginning, we just screened them the film. And the, you could see the reaction. I was sitting in the room and I obviously didn't look at the film. I was uh, very fascinated by their uh, reaction. Also a little bit um, afraid. <laughs> uh, but they, all, all the time, especially Neil, was because he has this... Um, this quality of uh, being as if he was a camera, right? Also in the film, he's also all the time like on, yeah, looking, looking and and so it was really interesting. And then in the end of it, they were talking about uh, each one of them has different point of view, political and and each one of them had different background and different uh, experience over there. Uh, so it was interesting uh, how. How they came together and talked about that. Yeah, they came that. together with a lot of understanding, which I think that sometimes if you take two extremes of the of the political map in Israel, you would never make them sit together and watch the same content and get something from it, even if it's something a little different, but they get something on each other and a little bit, I feel, I don't know, I don't want to put words in their mouth. but No, sure, I understand, Just, but it's a thought that has come to your mind. Nancy, you mentioned, obviously, the, the violence, the terrible violence that we've seen over the last bunch of years in the States. Of course, what happened in Texas last week. So then, as you do your work as a producer and you bring the film to, you know, to audiences worldwide, what are your thoughts about this film, as particularly in the States, where it's, it's a terror attack? It's, uh, it's an attack of one or two people on a an innocent group of people who are sitting, having a meal, or kids in a classroom, or as you say, shopping in a supermarket. What are your thoughts about American audiences specifically, since you are American? Right. I Well, first of all, I think that this film should be accompanied by dialogue. And I think that some of the best screenings that we can put together will be an opportunity for people to voice whether it's political or post-traumatic stress issues, because everybody's struggling with PTSD. Um, it is a challenge to show a film where Israel is 
the main topic in America. And so that makes me, uh, I know I'm going to have to work harder, but I'm also more driven by that because, you know, I'm, I love Israel and I don't think people see it for what it really is. It's just so, you know, muddied by the politics. And America's a mess right now. We're so polarized and it feels in a sense like a civil war in America with people at such opposite ends. So I think that bottom line is to use this film for understanding, for creating dialogue. Um, we'll work the festivals, we'll work the the regular festivals, the Jewish festivals, we'll work with groups, um, do semi-theatrical screenings, we'll, you know, we'll work however we can. Got it. And Tal, how about you? Your premiere is tonight and uh, at Duck Aviv, which is Israel's ma- major documentary film festival in Tel Aviv, in your hometown, I'm assuming. Uh, how does that feel for you to be presenting on that stage? Wow, it's an uh, it's incredible feeling. I am over the top excited and thrilled, a little bit, uh, <laughs> a little bit stressed. Uh, yeah, a little bit goosebumps. <laughs> yes, um, but I think it's going to be uh, great. I've seen a screening uh, yesterday uh, of a friend, and it was um, it was beautiful. It's uh, also what's really interesting that some of the story, like half of what actually happened, is right out the Cinematheque. So the experience of watching it in the Cinematheque, I feel it's very powerful. Right, right next door. Yeah, so this is another reason why I'm really happy we got accepted to Dokaviv. And I really believe in this festival. They have amazing content, so I'm really glad to be part of it. Good. We've, we, have def- we have previewed some of it, listeners, on uh, the Times of Israel. So take a look. We'll attach the article. But one more question for you, Tal. I was going to end, but I, you made me think about something. What is it like, though, showing screening the film now when we are in a in a bit of a terror wave and on a very tense day, for instance, in Jerusalem, where it's Yom Yerushalayim, Jerusalem Day, and there's a lot of lot of nervous tension about what the planned flag march into the old city. There's just a lot of tension in the air right now. How does it feel to show a film that is a film about the conflict that Israel is embroiled in? What does it feel like to show that right now? We're not in a quiet period. No. So, of course, I'm not happy those things happen, but I don't think... It never faded. It just, you know, it, it's waves, like you said. So it feels like it's the right moment. I couldn't plan it uh, better, you could say, uh, because now more people, uh, like like wider audience would be interested and for real reasons. And it w- might have an effect that if it was a year ago or two years ago, it would be just a, an artistic film in a festival, and which is also nice. Uh, but I feel now it has a deeper effect and maybe more powerful for a wider audience. Yeah. Okay. Well, we hope that it's a really great screening tonight. We'll be including the trailer in the article that atta- that is attached to this podcast and uh, just recommending it as a very powerful, real look at something that happened, but that, as you say, sort of continues to affect us to this day, to those who it happened to and to those who are viewing it. So thank you for that. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tal. Thank you, Jessica. Thanks so much for listening to Times Will Tell from the Times of Israel. And thanks to our producer, Gilad Brownstein. Please subscribe wherever you find your podcasts and check out our daily briefing news show every Sunday through Thursday. 
Like what you hear? Consider rating us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to spread the word. Until next week. Shalom. Shalom.